0: stories within the panels i'm your co-host albert and with us is our other co-host
1: this is drew and i am ready for a totally serioso rap session about ms marvel Oof, oh
0: god my uh my my like soul just clinched that was that was straight painful why <laughs> why do you do these things why do why do you do these things I was you know, about to walk I'm out just trying to talk like
1: a teenager because this show that we're gonna be dissecting is all about teenagers. And how else do they talk nowadays, man? I don't know what was, kids say.
0: I was about to walk out and protest. I was just, <laughs> I was gonna just leave you hanging. I was, I was that infuriated. I, I was going to just release my bowels all over my couch in protest. That's how angry I was.
1: Come on, Albert. We're about to turn up.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Right, 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 right. Well, you've breached the topic by teasing them a little bit with the idea of what we're gonna be talking about for this episode, and uh you know, the show has been done for a little bit now and we've been putting it off, but we thought in this episode it'd be finally time for us to discuss Miss Marvel. Yep. So did we you did say our Miss
1: or Miz.
0: Ms.? Miz? Miz ms marvel there you go yes there you go albert yeah you've you've educated me yet again i am not an unwashed one of the unwashed masses because (laughs) all all due to your all due to your teachings my master (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i uh, what am i doing here anyways yeah so we talked about the pre-topsy a few episodes back where we discussed the comics that would be foundational to the show and uh You know we've had some bye weeks in between. We've we've discussed some other topics, but we've finally uh, found the inner light and the courage and the strength and the will to finally tackle the Miss Marvel show. We we sat through it all and we made our observations, and we're finally ready to put our assessments out on this podcast for all of you glorious listeners
1: Mm mm-hmm yep that's right and for the record our ms marvel pre-topsy where we talked about the various comics was back in episode 131 so if any of you missed that that would be the one to check out in conjunction with this current episode
0: there we go constantly on top of it
1: professional someone's someone's got to stay on top of things around here
0: (sighs) no they don't no we don't (laughs) (laughs) are you professional albert um all right so let's uh let's get into it a little bit so um i we we kind of discussed what ms ms marvel was about ms Ms. Ms., sorry ms (laughs) marvel was about in in our uh in our pre-topsy, where we talked about uh, the various comics and what their influences were, and you know, now that we've actually watched the show, I can honestly say—and and this is still spoiler-free, I think—but uh, we'll warn you the, before we go into full spoilers. Exactly. We. I will. I will. We will give out a large, boisterous shout before we kick down the doors of your spoilerdom.
1: I'm. Eagerly anticipating the boisterous shout that you will emit. It'll be a deep, deep and hearty wail
0: of anger and frustration and perhaps joy because I'm finally going to let this out.
1: Okay, so everybody get your (laughs) headphones. If you're listening on headphones, make sure that uh, you have your hand on the volume dial so you want to protect yourself when Albert's about to unleash it.
0: Yep. So as I was saying, um you know, without giving away too much, I don't think that they deviated too far from at least the the general idea of Ms. Marvel. Uh you know, the the basic premise of the show is just a young Muslim American girl who gains access to powers, and goes on an adventure. Uh, Like That's probably the most generic description that I can give of it. Um, I don't know if you feel like there are any details that I'm missing or any uh, details that you would like to include in order to flesh out that picture, Drew.
1: I think it's pretty similar to the comics that we discussed in the previous episode.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think the... probably the biggest difference is i would say her power set is different and some of the things that they do with her origin story uh in the show take take up more time of the story and that's there are a couple of interesting things done there but it's not always to the benefit of the overall story in my opinion just because As somebody who's consumed a ton of superhero stories in my life, I get real tired of origin stories. So the Mm -hmm. more that people drag those out, the more tired of them I am. Yeah. Like, they've got to do something exceptional for me to be hooked on an origin story. Yeah. So this series, I think, spent too long on the origin aspect. Mm -hmm. And it it did make it kind of a drag for me. But fortunately... I didn't try to binge watch the show. I think if I had tried to binge watch it, that would have really been painful. But mm. I actually uh, watched a couple episodes pretty early on like when the first when the show first came out um and I I don't think I watched more than like two episodes in a week. That's interesting cuz I uh I took the
0: opposite approach which was I looked at it like a band-aid and I just wanted to If I was going to commit myself to watching it, I was just going to do it all at once. So, I watched all of it in two days.
1: Wait, what does a Band-Aid have to do with that?
0: Well, it's that idea where, like, I could try to take it off a little bit at a time to, like, minimize the amount of pain that I get from, like, pulling a Band-Aid off uh, a a fresh wound or something. Or I could just yank it off all at once. And... Mm. uh, I basically chose to yank it off all at once. Uh, I
1: see what you're saying. So it yeah. ripped
0: out scab and hair and mucus uh, along with whatever chunks of my flesh and my soul went with it.
1: Yeah, I, I think my approach was more like... I, I, I was willing to bleed out slowly mm-hmm. just in the hopes that I could somehow, by prolonging it as long as possible, I could outlive my enemies. <laughs> cuz that's more important. It doesn't matter if I die, but as long as I die after my enemies die, then I'll be all right. I'm with that. I'm I'm definitely with that. I I
0: I I think we're kindred spirits when it comes to the topic of the death of our enemies.
1: Yeah, and pain and yeah. suffering.
0: Yeah, I I can't think of a person who wants their enemies to outlive them.
1: Hmm, that is a good question.
0: Yeah. If there is
1: anybody who would want that, I would want to meet that person <laughs> to figure out that mentality.
0: Feel free to message us on
1: Instagram.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think of your enemies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So you want to just get into our your general op- opinion of, of uh, what it is you experienced? Although I'm pretty sure enough of that has leaked out in our... Uh, mm-hmm.
1: In our banter. Overall, I'll say that I didn't hate Ms. Marvel, not the same way I hated Moon Knight. If you guys listened to our Moon Knight autopsy, I had some pretty harsh opinions on that series. Ms. Marvel wasn't that level of bad. And I don't even know if I would say this was a bad show, but it. I I will say I I thought it was quite bland and Mm. pretty uninteresting. If we weren't doing the podcast, I I probably would have just fallen off it because I remember uh, the first couple episodes, I watched those in in the span of a, a week or so, and then some time passed, and I realized I didn't really feel a sense of urgency to catch episode three and it was only when I looked at the calendar and I was like, oh, we've only got a couple more weeks before we got to do this podcast. I better start watching it or else it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think by breaking it up into smaller chunks, I wasn't quite as resentful of it because it didn't feel like it took up as much time, even though, you know, that's a pretty silly way to think. It still took up the same amount of time to watch. I just spread it out over a longer span of time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh. I guess I'm just saying that the show wasn't a horrible show, but it also wasn't a great show. And even though that seems kind of wishy-washy, that's just how I feel about it. Like there were a couple of things in the series, a couple of elements that I did find pretty interesting and I that I did find enjoyable or even uh, borderline inspirational. I think overall... In terms of the plot and a lot of the ideas that were at play, it did feel pretty pretty much paint by numbers. And there were even a couple of scenes that I I thought really detracted from from the show. Mm-hmm. I think it it fits the standard Marvel formula. I think yeah. we've seen enough of the shows now where we can recognize not only the formula in the MCU movies but also in the MCU disney plus shows yeah so this falls right into that mold from the way that the first episode starts and the spectacle at the in the final episode you know mm-hmm. it's all pretty much what you would expect in terms of the pacing in terms of the tone it's maybe not quite as dark as some other stuff not quite as not quite as uh i don't know heavy maybe yeah Although there are some heavy bits in it, it's not it's not the kind of heaviness that we typically associate with crime fighting and Marvel stuff. It it's more, uh, I think some of the heaviness in the show arises from its presentation of real world history and and real real life basically. Yeah, but then there's also a lot of stuff in the show that I think skews towards younger type of viewer maybe Mm. that's just natural because it is about a teenage hero and that means that a lot of the supporting cast are also young people so it's not it's not anything inherently bad because of that i think it's just not exactly something that I, i glom onto
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah i i i think i uh I
0: vibe with that sentiment. Um, I don't think... I don't think I'm... Well, let me put it this way. I might be more forgiving of the show in the sense that... Well, let me start off by saying that I did think it was boring. uh, But my caveat being that I think I accept that it's also a show that just might not be for me. Like, I might just be aged out of whatever demographic they might be aiming it
1: towards and so you don't think that the MCU products are aimed at everybody well
0: i think we established in uh in previous episodes where we've discussed a bunch of the other streaming shows that they they have tried to take each of these shows and it does feel like they've tried to give it each of them a sense of uniqueness uh maybe maybe more towards me may, maybe more earlier on uh it, it felt like each show kind of had its own unique fingerprint you know that kind that was aimed towards a particular viewing experience right mm-hmm. uh but
1: yeah so i i think
0: i think they walk a very thin line between something that's universally uh acceptable but also something that's aimed towards a very specific target demographic if that makes any sense
1: does that yeah make any i sense? think i'm following you
0: yeah so uh, I think it's fair to say that disney as an as a corporate enterprise as an entity corporate entity um you know their bottom line is obviously to make money and uh that probably means that they will do they'll they'll play it pretty conservatively. As long as it makes them money, right? So they'll um, you know, I I don't know what their corporate higher ups do or how they think, but I think it's fair to assume that if it makes them money, they'll 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 be willing to go to certain places and to certain directions um in order to achieve those goals. So, you know, I would never presume that they're going to ever do anything that's a completely experimental piece of work uh unlike any uh other show or story i've ever seen or watched like i just don't think that's ever going to happen like that's how lowly i think of them and you know uh their efforts yeah yeah, I I don't know if that answers your question, but though that's certainly my thoughts on on Disney as a corporation and on Disney uh, on on their attempts to you know, make entertainment.
1: That's fair, yeah.
0: But yeah, that being said, I I think maybe to some people who who look at it, uh the idea that oh, this is a show that show that that represents um you know that is representing uh young muslims and that's not so, uh young muslim immigrants at that something that we've never seen before and you know maybe in the most basic way you can kind of give them golf claps and kudos for for something like that but i think that's also a pretty tremendously low bar to to pass um, <laughs> you know like it, it's it's <laughs> like I don't think it's the sort of thing where they deserve nearly as much credit as most as anyone thinks they should right like, i don't i don't i don't know I'm sure there are people out there who are applauding this for 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 that but I don't think that it's nearly the uh the the accomplishment that they think it is 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 what I'm saying um right. because At the end of the day, are they really making any sort of statement on it other than, hey, look, um, you know, the characters aren't all just your stereotypical run-of-the-mill white people? Uh, Because, you know, at the end of the day, the template that they're using is still a pretty basic template of this is what heroism looks like and this is what it means to be a hero. And, you know, it's, it's... it's pretty conventional superheroics. It's just draped in the, uh, trappings of, of, uh, the idea that, Hey, check it out. Uh, she's, she's not, she doesn't look like your everyday superhero. She's not, she's, this ain't Peter Parker, you know?
1: Right. Right. Kind of similar to what we said in the past about something like the Shang-Chi movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I like I said, I don't think that this was stunning media by any chan by any means. But uh, I do th- I do acknowledge that it might be a show that for someone who's never read comics, it might be for them, or it might even be for kids or younger people who it makes total sense for them to prepare for a future where their audiences are getting younger and they need to have uh, characters and heroes that appeal to them, you know? Yeah. So so I acknowledge that there's a likelihood, maybe even a possibility that someone in those groups could watch this and get enjoyment out of it. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, (laughs) whoa. Hold on, man. What do you, what do you mean by those groups? (laughs) You let me do a spit take right there, man. <laughs> Those people,
0: you know, <laughs> them, <laughs> the unwashed masses.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. That's what you meant. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm I'm more than willing to break that down when we go into the spoilers section.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any other general impressions about the show? Uh,
0: No, I, I, I think everything I want to discuss uh, at this point moving forward is stuff that would be better suited to, you know, actually talking about it in terms of uh, in terms of the spoilers, really. Okay. You know? OK. So, like, I think that's moving forward. That's the best way to discuss the things that are worth talking about about, about the
1: show. Does this mean you are about to emit your boisterous wail?
0: With arms wide open! No?
1: Oof. Dang. (laughs) You busted out some creed.
0: Yeah, man. Creed is, I think, the epitome of a loud, boisterous shout to the heavens.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) No? You... You have made me question everything I know about you.
0: <laughs> you don't think that his voice is the closest thing to a loud,
1: noxious grunt? Noxious? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, I guess that describes his voice. It, it's. it's There's a, a lot, lot of singer I enjoy describe. listening to. That's for sure.
0: Oh, I never said anything about enjoyment one bit. <laughs> he definitely sucks. Like, yeah yeah but you know if i was to just try to imagine the the wail of a dying beast in the form of a man's
1: voice yeah there we go that's
0: uh that's creed in a nutshell
1: okay well there you have it listeners you have been warned (laughs) and now it's time to go into full spoilers let us enter the pit so albert what's the first thing you want to spoil
0: well, I, I think it makes sense to talk about it just in terms of the well, okay, let, let's never mind. I I take that back. Let's 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 talk about the things that we do like the things that we don't like um I I don't even know if this is I I'd say that this is a thing that I liked uh but in terms of the changes that they made to her origin, I will say that one of the things that they introduced was she had this bracer or or bracelet sort of thing I think and, they even
1: call it a bangle in the show. Yeah,
0: okay. I You know, whatever the term is for it, right? But uh, very early on, I looked at that, and I was like, oh, I think this might be their attempt to do a version of the Quantum Bands or the Negabands. And uh, if anyone knows anything about uh, Captain Marvel, they'd know that the Quantum Bands and the Negabands are... A part of the mythology uh, to the point where maybe for a certain generation of Captain Marvel fans, it's.
1: And you're talking about the original Marvel Captain Marvel? I
0: think so. I mean, I. Okay, I don't. You remember that really old Captain Marvel from way back, the one with the green costume?
1: You mean when Marvel first appeared? He was uh, a Kree yeah. soldier?
0: I think that was like the very first Marvel, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know if that version of Captain Marvel had the negabands, but from what I remember, the version of Captain Marvel that I grew up with, the one who who was in the comic The Death of Captain Marvel, which was kind of a big deal, um, that version of Captain Marvel was always the version of Captain Marvel that stuck in my mind, and that version of Captain Marvel was one whose powers came from his negabands. So, uh. Maybe maybe this is nostalgia speaking, but that's something where when they introduced that, it it made sense to me because I was like, oh, if they're introducing her as part of the Marvel family and this is their way of introducing the Quantum Bands or the Nega Bands, I'm kind of about that. Uh, you you mentioned earlier that they changed her power set so that because in the books she's she's got like stretchy power. she can more mm-hmm. of her body right but uh in the show they they didn't i guess they didn't technically no well no it's fair to say they didn't go with that because yeah. her powers are more like energy projection she's kind of more like a green lantern or something like that right yeah but i will say that when they you know when they introduced those uh bands there was a part of me that yeah this is a really small thing it's not something where i'm gonna fanboy out over the idea of it but you know i was i was i guess under circumstances where i'm looking for something to be pleasant not even pleasantly surprised something to take minor amusement from that was something for me so there's that
1: Mm -hmm. did you have any
0: did that do anything for you at all
1: <laughs> No, I, I I'm with you man. I agree. I think yeah. the concept of the bangle being the source of her powers was something that immediately jumped out to me and I don't think I was necessarily against it, but even the fact that they changed her power set, I don't even think I was really against that cuz I'm not I'm not really a big fan of her power set in the comics, I think. Yeah. But, however, I, I will say that the thing that started running through my mind was I started thinking that pretty soon they're going to change her power set in the comics to match the show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that definitely irks me. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: how about this? And, and this thought did occur to me when I was watching it. But what if... In the comics, what they end up doing is they revive the negabands or the quantum bands and she ends up being the wielder of the quantum bands or the negabands. Is she still gonna
1: have her stretching powers?
0: Yeah. Like what if it's just an addition to whatever powers she already has?
1: I guess that's fine then. I guess that's fine. But if they do one of those things where her she loses her stretching powers and ends up just becoming this character who projects energy like she does in the show or like a green lantern. Yeah. Then I would find that pretty pretty lame. Okay.
0: And let's clarify something too. So in the history of um of Captain Marvel, there have been these two characters. There's been Captain Marvel and there've been there's been Quasar and they do each have different bands. And I'm not entirely sure what the connection between Captain Marvel and Quasar is but I do know that there is some connection. So in the history of Captain Marvel, there have been a few bands that are integral to his mythology. Don't tell me Creed uh, is one of those bands. <laughs> not that kind of band. I meant like a like a wristband or, or, oh, okay. <laughs> or bracelets. <laughs> but yeah, um, so originally, the original Captain Marvel had the negabands and what they were were, you know, just kind of, yeah, they were just these wristbands that would give him the power of energy projection and flight. And, you know, uh, I think some level of, uh, invulnerability or protection. I, I'm sure there are other abilities that they afford him. I'm not entirely sure like of all of its abilities, but, uh, yeah and later on down the line there was another character who was created by the name of Quasar and the thing about Quasar was even though him and Captain Marvel didn't officially meet uh Quasar's thing was he was bestowed these quantum bands by the entity Eon and what these bands allowed him to do was to do more uh energy projection and energy manipulation so in a lot of ways he was Kind of like green lantern, in that sense, where he could make these hard light projections, so I was gonna say it does make sense if they if what they were saying was that Kamala's powers are are somewhat tied to these quantum bands if those are in fact the quantum bands that's that would make sense for what uh for the way that her power set was. Uh, presented in the show
1: can i say something about the nega bands yeah sure what you got one of the other things i remember about the nega bands when marvell the male kree captain marvel when he had them there was a period of time when uh if he clanged them together he would trade places with rick jones yeah Who was this young man a human regular guy he was Rick Jones is the guy in the Hulk's origin. He ran out into the desert and Bruce Banner tried to save him from the gamma bomb explosion. And that's why uh, Bruce Banner got caught in the explosion and Rick Jones was saved. But ever since then, he's had this connection to various heroes. And for whatever reason, back in the, I think the 70s, he had this connection with Marvel, where they would trade places. Kind of like the DC Captain Marvel or as they call him today, Shazam. Where he yeah. would, you know, turn from a grown man hero into a little kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: it really it'd be like switching places with Rick Jones and Marvell. And then later yeah. on in the late nineties, when Marvell had died, his Marvell son, Genus Vell, had the bands, and Rick Jones and Genus Vell both had a similar relationship too, where they played yeah. the bands and they sw- switched places. Yeah. He was a. Uh, is that, Rick Jones uh, is that Pepper snoring? That is pepper snoring, yes. Yeah, it's it's uh I don't blame her, man. Talking about <laughs> this old continuity junk, it's uh I'm not even excited by it, and I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I
0: like the Negabans and you know, it it always kind of uh I wouldn't say it upset me, but it, it did make me feel a little crestfallen at the idea that uh, when Carol Danvers assumed the role of Captain Marvel, which which I, I was actually uh, a fan of. I I did like the idea of her becoming uh, Captain Marvel. I thought that was a cool way to carry on the legacy, but it always bugged me uh, that she didn't have the bands. you know? Like, I don't know why they didn't
1: do that, why they didn't want to do that. In the comics, Carol Danvers didn't have the bands, so maybe that's why.
0: Yeah, that's true, but... That it wasn't, wasn't felt, really her thing.
1: It wasn't, it
0: wasn't. But I don't know. I just felt like that would have been a good way to like you know, I guess uh build some bonds between the two characters cuz you know that it it's it's the whole thing of uh, uh mythology building, right? Or or world building where you you have this established character and if you're going to have this new character uh you know assume the role or title of that old character it'd be nice to have these sort of tentpole moments uh, or or artifacts or things that you can uh look at as as a thing that gets bestowed upon another character right like it's it 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 solidifies this sense of connectivity this 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 sense of bonding between these two characters, but I mean, I mean, it wasn't the worst thing. It wasn't something where I was like, "Oh man, like she's not the real Captain Marvel." Like I, I'm never gonna be okay with this. It wasn't anything like that, but it, it certainly was. I, I just wish that they had. It would have been nice if they had, but again, whatever. Um, but. Now that they're doing Miss Marvel and uh they're 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 introducing these bands, it could be their way of doing uh the quantum bands uh in the m c u which I'm not against.
1: It's kind of hinted at the end of the series because there's that post credit scene when Kamala trades places with Carol, yeah, yeah although it doesn't really explain why that happens or there there wasn't another bangle for her to bang against yeah it just it was just some random thing that happened at the end which i think is a pretty cheap way to do a teaser yeah it's yeah that was lame
0: well i was going to say that I know you mentioned earlier that you weren't too happy with the idea of her having like body morphing powers but again we don't really know what the uh the final um explanation for her powers really are that's something that they're teasing at the moment but for all we know she she might still have the the body morphing powers in some form or fashion and the bangles just might be you know the thing that lets her do like energy projection on top of body body morphing i i don't that's know possible. it's a little, it's a little convoluted quite honestly and i think that's where the uh the show does lose it um well i i guess this is a segue into one of the things that i one of the critiques i do have of the show which is that there are parts of the show the parts that i'm more invested in are actually the parts that the parts that are more about just her and her family like her family dynamics or the stuff where she's in i think was that India or was that Pakistan when when they Pakistan That was Pakistan, right? Oh uh, okay. they went to
1: Karachi. Yeah, okay. So yeah.
0: the stuff where they went to Karachi or the, when they go back in time and uh you you get to look at the set piece of um you know uh, what was that? 1942. Uh, is that Pepper? What's going on there? She's she's digging in the couch. I don't know why she's <laughs> doing that. Uh, like she she. For a second, I, I thought you were
1: just getting like really fired up as you were talking about your <laughs> point. No, well, is he really like scratching his table? <laughs>
0: she's. I think she's like digging for something in the couch. Like I, she does that sometimes. I don't know why like right now she's she's buried herself under the blankets and uh i think she's just trying to get comfy nice <laughs> but yeah anyways um yeah it i feel like there were two different shows here that were going on and the show that didn't have all the marvel stuff was the more was the stuff that had more potential to be interesting and if anything, all the Marvel stuff was the stuff that kind of dragged it down, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you the... felt that same way. Like, there was a better show hidden under there somewhere, you know?
1: Yeah. I think the superheroic stuff was far less interesting because... Yeah, for sure. You know, for the two of us, we've read a ton of superhero comics, so... At this point in our lives, it, it kind of feels like... It's all noise. <laughs> yeah, like people yeah. have to do something special for us to really yeah. take notice. You know, it's like that meme of of the guy sitting in the chair, like lounging, and then suddenly he, something catches his interest and he leans forward, right? Yeah, and yeah. Like for us, it, it takes something a little bit more than what we saw in Ms. Marvel yeah. to, to grab our attention when it comes to the superheroics. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that was more interesting in the story was the stuff with her family and with the, you know, the more down to earth elements of her story. I mean, I would have loved to consume a a story or a show that was just about Kamala and her days in high school where she's just, you know, wasting her youth away or just hanging out with her friends or whatever. Yeah. And then seeing her at home with her parents and her brother and that whole family dynamic yeah even that episode where she goes to karachi with her mom that was pretty interesting and had potential for you know different types of stories that we exactly. obviously couldn't get because it was still about the superhero stuff you know that's yeah. what kept getting in the way constantly exactly. Exactly. even even the the one episode near the end that was uh when they went back in time, I guess, well, the narrative goes back in time and I guess Kamala goes back in time too, but yeah, the story about her, how her uh, grandmother, uh, her, I guess her great grand, I guess Kamala's great grandparents and how they met and the whole situation with the partition of India, Yeah, like that was some really compelling stuff. And yeah, I, I think I, I would have been more interested in, in watching a yeah. different TV show that was just about this yeah. family drama about people who lived in British India during that time because yeah, that's actually yeah. educational and you know it, it's a story that, stuff that we
0: definitely didn't learn about in like regular school or yeah, exactly, or in exactly. regular life, you know,
1: exactly, yeah,
0: yeah, like, I was thinking about that too, but I was like, this. I mean, on a more shallow level, this could have been something like uh, 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 a Pakistani-American version of, like, Everwood or something like that. that sort of a drama. But but the other thought I did have was if most of the show had been about her trying to reconnect with her roots and then flashing back to this stuff, if, like, a larger portion of of the show had been about what had gone on in the past and, like... What happened to her family when the partition of India and all that was going on between uh the between India and Pakistan like that was a substantially better show than that that I think it was like a fifteen minute sequence or something like that, but that fifteen minutes had like the most potential out of the entirety of this show for me, yeah 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 yeah,
1: even yeah, even with the f- idea of the character being part of the clandestines it was still fascinating stuff it's just that if somebody had made a show that took that broad idea but got rid of all the supernatural elements and all the marvel elements and it was just a realistic kind of show yeah i would totally be interested in that man absolutely
0: but the fact that they kept tying it to the marvel stuff that there were these constant reminders that brought you back to the fact that, hey, by the way, in case you guys forgot, she's actually a Marvel superhero. You know? Yeah. Just constantly doing that. Like, I remember that scene that you were talking about where the it was the beginning of episode five where you, you have this flashback to how her great-grandparents met and just the conditions uh, of their family uh playing out before us on the screen. That stuff was interesting up until the moment where Kamala shows up and interacts with her I guess her ancestors. I Are mean I would even, even
1: say I would even argue that that was interesting up until the point when Ayesha meets her mother who was the the clandestine leader. Yeah. Like yeah. up to that point it was it was interesting. But then once once you see that character Who's part of the clandestines or clandestines? I forget how you pronounce it. But once that character shows up, then you just you're just reminded, oh yeah, uh, it's a Marvel story, and we've got all these time crossing connections going on. Yeah. So yeah, it makes like I'm I'm not opposed to them taking something that happened in history and integrating it into the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. I think it's always risky when you do stuff where you take real history and historical events and try to make that part of your superhero story, there's always a chance that you can do something kind of cringy. Yeah. Silly, cringy, or, uh, you know, worst case scenario, you, you do something really offensive and tasteless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I, I definitely don't think this was offensive or tasteless. and I don't even think it was cringy. It was just a reminder that there's a story that
0: it was a wasted opportunity
1: yeah it reminded me that there's a story there that i'm interested in learning about that this show isn't giving me it's giving me a little tease and a taste uh, of that idea of uh british india but you know during a tumultuous period that i i honestly don't know very much about and, and yeah it's one of those things where after i watched that episode i was like oh i should look something up about it and you know, go yeah. online and at the very least Google it and and see, like you know, try to begin that process of self-education to some extent. Yeah. But the the show isn't really about that. It it just takes that. And it just takes it the window the, dressing of that. It takes, it takes the window dressing uses uses it as a backstory. Yeah. And inserts a time traveling Kamala into it, which, it. <laughs> I I think for me that was an instance of time travel that I wasn't too appreciative of. Yeah. I know you generally don't like time travel, so I'm curious what your take on her time traveling was. I mean,
0: well, I, I want to go back to what you were saying earlier, though, because you hit on, a, like, a lot of really good points there. Um, and And maybe this is just me beating a dead horse at this point, but it is something that I do want to throw my two cents in on, which is, you're right, they they kind of tease you with the general idea of this huge historical event that took place uh, as, as a person who's watching it. you, we, I think we all generally know or, or have some vague sense of what was going on in this time period. We all know that Gandhi was a person and that India was under British rule. But, you know, in terms of the actual details of how that all played out uh, – I'm hard pressed to think that anyone who hasn't—I'm I'm hard pressed to think that your average person would be able to give you anything more than Gandhi used uh, non, non-violent resistance to eventually <laughs> lead the people of India out of out of uh, yeah. you know imperial rule. But what does that even mean, right?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly.
0: So um, you know, for them to like just. Show you, oh yeah, this was a kind of a crazy time where a lot of things were going on, and then you know, give you like a newspaper headline just so you have the vaguest sense of history. Like, yeah, that it really does feel like it's a missed opportunity because if they had made this a period piece, they could give you all these details and work those, work that information. Into just a, a far more robust story, you know, because yeah, that then entire it, it just
1: wouldn't have been Ms. Marvel anymore.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: That would be that would just be a completely different story that we yeah. want. And it, yeah, and well, I guess I guess if I had to choose, I'd probably rather take that story than
0: Ms. Marvel. But you know what the funny thing is, man? Like, I'm not even gonna say that they couldn't have done that as a Ms. Marvel story. Oh, okay. like. I think if you're really going to do a story about, you know, a young Pakistani immigrant who who develops these superpowers and but also has to deal with her life as an immigrant and just learning about her history. Is is
1: Kamala actually an immigrant or was she born in America? Oh, you're okay.
0: She's the child of immigrants. I'm sorry. misspoke. Yeah. But but still, there's there's still material there where just the very idea that she's someone who has the opportunity to reconnect with her roots, that could be an opportunity to tell a story to the rest of us about what that region of the world is like or what it's about, you know? We could have gone on that same journey with her. Granted, it would have had far less lasers and far less uh you know punching but it i i definitely don't think it's a story that they ever would have done okay let me let me say that one but yeah it's it okay here here's something that i can think of as maybe not the greatest example because the writer uh the writer of it was someone who uh did some pretty bad stuff but <laughs> Brian,
1: <laughs> this ought to be I, good
0: Brian Wood did a series called Demo, which was about young people with superpowers. But it, it the focus of it really wasn't about the superpowers as much as it was about their, uh, their just connection to the world and just they just happen to have superpowers, right? So I just imagine that they could have done something like that with Kamala Khan, where yeah, she's got superpowers, but that's kind of secondary to the personal journey that she goes on. But again, yeah, I'm yeah. fully aware that that's something that Disney will never do because, again, like I mentioned earlier, uh, they're a completely corporate entity whose bottom line is just, you know, maybe they may skirt the the fringes and the edge of creativity to occasionally put out something that looks like it's innovative, um, but by by an even larger standard it's usually pretty conventional stuff
1: yeah um, yeah it's really formulaic and yeah. I, like to some extent maybe it's not even fair for us to criticize it for being formulaic because we what were we, we really know expecting what, yeah we know what we're getting <laughs> into we're we're yeah. voluntarily choosing to consume yeah. these stories and there should be there's no real exactly. reason for surprise or resentment that yeah. these stories aren't what we want them to be because if we punched... know that they're not going to give them to us.
0: Exactly. If I punch
1: myself in the nuts,
0: am I going to yell at my fist? No. Because I chose
1: to punch myself in the nuts. How many times do you do that?
0: Just enough to feel something. Just to remind me that I'm alive.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll learn something about you today. <laughs>
0: It's it's the equivalent of, like, uh, medieval Christians flailing themselves in penitence to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> <So> you- <laughs> but instead of, like, whipping myself in the back, I'm just sitting here punching myself in the nuts.
1: <laughs> That's comical, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot of things. <laughs> but, um...
1: It yeah, does kind it. of feel like we're we're almost at this point now where we're straying away from regarding Ms. Marvel for what it is. And we're just criticizing it for what it's not. So I do want to kind of try and get back on track just to right, right. critique the show for what it is. And yeah, I think that just takes me back to the point that I was saying earlier about how all of these other elements in the show... Are more interesting than what the show focuses itself on. Yeah. Because I am more interested in her relationships with uh, her classmates and you know the the boys in her class or whatever. Whether it was uh, Bruno or that other dude that taught her how to drive. You no, know, yeah. like if they had just turned that into like more of a teenage drama, I probably would have just been a sucker and a chump for for that kind of stuff because I I tend to eat yeah. that junk up. Yeah. But that like I said it could have been
0: a uh, Pakistani American everwood. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I'm down. I like even that I would have been down for. <laughs>
1: it, it could have been a uh, Smallville or something. <laughs> uh I I'd like to think it'd be better than Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of Smallville because that was a teenage drama but it also had powers. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah
0: yeah I'll give it it it's exactly that, but
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still
0: wouldn't say Smallville was good or what I was it's looking it for. It was definitely no know.
1: Everwood, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah. But
0: here here's what I can think of. Uh the closest thing that I can think of with where they have superpowers, but it's also a drama. Kimagura Orange Road. There we go. Oh, okay. Nice. That's, Anime that's my reference. Preferred, that is my preferred high school drama where they happen to have a superpowers story.
1: Nice man. That's a that's probably a reference people will have to Google.
0: Yeah, I I I find it hard to imagine that a lot too many people, if any, would know what I'm talking about. For all they know, I could be possessed right now, and I'm just speaking in tongues. (laughs) (laughs) It's like what is what is he talking about? This is just madness. (laughs) That's wild. He's just wild um but in regards to the question that you were talking about earlier um in terms of the time travel uh yeah i i, I didn't mind the time travel uh because one in this case uh i do think that the set piece did re- look really good actually like it it's uh It it might be a small thing, but just being there and watching the world and, like, the uh, commitment to uh, detail that they put. Like, you know, I I don't know what India in 1940 or Pakistan in 1942 looked like. Well, I guess it was technically all India because it was about the partition of the two states, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it was, like, after that point when when Pakistan was founded. Okay. So. When when the people... uh, move to that region of the of the nation yeah
0: yeah uh yeah but i'll I'll just refer to it as india because i guess it was technically all india before the partition right yeah but uh yeah so like I, i don't know what india looked like in that time period but what they presented it you know it looked good it looked like it didn't look cheap let me put it that way so um you mean
1: the visuals
0: yeah, the visuals and the the settings, the the set pieces. And
1: uh I, you know, I I thought the stuff with Aisha and the I, I can't remember the name of the great grandfather, but like that couple, I thought yeah. the stuff where they lived and like the surrounding farmland where they where they lived. I thought that looked pretty good. Yeah, that's but what I was saying. The, exactly. the the part where everybody was uh, at the train station, I thought that part looked a little bit bad. Oh, okay. I thought. I mean, I thought the I graphics in that. that one weren't. I don't know. To me, that it didn't look. It didn't have the sense of like a real set, but mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. Maybe it was just too much digital stuff to apply to that scene. Um, yeah. I mean, I really don't know the the process behind the filmmaking of that show. So. Yeah for all I know maybe maybe that that was like hand built sets mm. but on the screen i i i guess it didn't look as good to me it, okay it, it was hard for me to buy into it because i just remembered i was watching a show
0: yeah understandable understandable but you know like aside from that uh like I think the time travel was fine until you get to the point, again, uh, until you get to the point where you realize that, oh, this isn't the show that I'm getting because uh, eventually Kamala shows up and she ends up fighting with the clandestine and you get a bunch of uh, laser effects and explosions and stuff. and, And then it just kind of... Uh it, it just kind of all becomes meaningless, you know. So Yeah,
1: I, I actually thought the part where it was revealed that she was the one who got her grandma on the train all along. Yeah. I thought that part was a pretty lame twist. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of like going back in time and being your own grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's like hey, one degree did,
0: away from that they they did it on futurama and that was funny <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's funny it's fun <laughs> <laughs> but i don't think ms marvel was supposed to be a comedy yeah
0: yeah true that true that um yeah i don't know i think i would have enjoyed it more about.
1: if she didn't interact with the past and she was just kind of this apparition who, who could view it. Yeah, like if she was just observing it and learning about the history just by her presence there. But the fact that she interacted with her own ancestors, that, I don't know, that's the kind of time travel that I'm not a fan of.
0: Actually, now that you mention it, there is something kind of corny about that. I mean, there's it It, it does open up a lot of questions because it does, it does put you in a position to be like, How does she know who, you know, I I guess she didn't need to know who the kid was or who her grandma was, or or, I mean, great grandma was, but,
1: you know. Not only that, but with all we've already seen in the MCU regarding time travel, why would they do this in this show? It's like, It just raises more questions because we've seen time travel in Endgame, and that only creates alternate realities, essentially. So what does this matter? (laughs) Yeah, so like, that's true. Does it like that? That just opens up a whole can of worms. There, it 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 directly
0: contradicts whatever rules they've established from other.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like the MCU is trying to be coherent. And tie everything together, but then, like a little detail, like this time travel thing. It, if you examine it, it kind of makes the continuity fall apart. Yeah. So it it would they would have been better off not having her interact with the past, or even they would have been even better off just not having her go back in time at all.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see that Comic Con panel. Um, excuse me. So <laughs> we've established that. Going that time travel doesn't exist the way that we expect it to exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because all it does is create alternate universes. But (laughs) Kamala (laughs) Khan in Mesh Marvel, she went back and interacted with her own ancestors. So what am I supposed to believe happened here?
1: Answer that. A little bit of. I'm hearing like a cross between. Your 1920s Chicago gangster and an Irish accent.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of things going on there. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's safer to say that I just have some form of schizophrenia.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think it was a weird choice to have the time travel stuff happen, and I yeah. do think that it it raises more questions that it doesn't need to raise. Mm. But I also don't care enough to want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah i don't yeah. I don't care if they don't explain it or I don't care if if I don't care if somebody asks the writers of the show what the thought process was behind it or how to how can they reconcile it with established m c u yeah. time travel rules. I yeah. really don't care at all, but it's this is still something that yeah jumped out at me when I was watching it. It just feels like if it had
0: been done well or if it bore some thematic fruit that was worth it then it's something that i can ignore but because it doesn't do anything all i can do is look at it as another blemish on an already flawed product yeah 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 in terms of uh other things about the show that I wasn't a huge fan of. We already mentioned the uh, the constant tie-ins and reminders, uh, the the constant tie-ins to the Marvel Cinematic Universe brand or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there was a lot of stuff that they were teasing out where maybe for a particular kind of fan fan they were easter eggs but uh, me being me and having consumed as much comics and and comics related things as i have over the many years that i already have a lot of it just kind of fell flat so you know you had the introduction of characters like the clandestine or clandestine or however you want to pronounce it yeah uh there was that one character that she meets in pakistan uh the red, red dagger. dagger yeah uh there's also uh the introduction of
1: damage control like you know they're... i i uh just remembered uh that damage control had already appeared in spider-man
0: they were in spider-man you're right they, yeah. but they were uh they were more like a cleanup crew i think from what i remember
1: Yeah, which is what we think of when we think of Damage Control, because that's what they were in the comics.
0: Yeah, but this version of Damage Control was more of a
1: covert government agency. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't too big on that.
0: Yeah, me neither. Me neither. And, uh, you know, while we're on that track, if I had to be perfectly honest, they introduced Damage Control as essentially the big threat that the show closes out on and i just didn't think that that was necessary it it made the show one episode longer than it needed to be i i I think if miss marvel had ended at episode five i would have been more fine with that i would have been less annoyed at the very least (laughs) but then that extra episode that sixth episode was just that was just a dagger in the that was twisting the knife was what it was. <laughs> you know. I yeah. was I was I might not have been having a great time, but I was engaged enough up until episode five where I could walk away from it going, okay, uh that was something. And and episode six was just that extra push in 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 the negative realm, you know, because uh yeah like what it devolves into um in episode so they throughout the season they tease the fact that there's this government agency that's following her around and it all culminates in episode 6 with this giant okay it leads up to episode 6 where they have this home alone type of battle inside the high school where kamala and her friends you know take on professional military with uh you know
1: they have high-tech weaponry body armor
0: yeah but these kids these high school kids are using softball machines and goop to you know distract the 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 professional military yeah. guys. It's yeah. just silly. It's really it's, silly. They
1: go to the chemistry room and basically build some reaction or some kind of thing that is exactly goop, like you said. It's it's yeah. super silly. They use geck to like drum up the works. <laughs> like
0: they the show stopped short of having the military guys slip and fall on each other. While they do that banana peel like
1: sound, you know. <laughs> they should have just had that scene in there. It could have been funny.
0: Yeah, and they they could have done that and played the Benny Hill theme.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yakety-sax.
0: Yeah, 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 yakety-sax, exactly. But it was just like again up to episode five. It, like maybe it wasn't great, but I could commend it more for. I could find more positive things to say up until episode five, but episode six was just, that was just eye roll city, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, it it was horrible. It was just your typical Marvel shenanigans at the end of the story at the climax. They've always got to have a gigantic fight scene. So it's all spectacle purely yeah, devolves into a bunch of CG nonsense where everybody's flinging lights and, you know, making gestures at each other while special effects artists Mm. do their thing. And then you have people yelling and screaming, hooting and hollering. And it's supposed to just be this big spectacle, which on some level I can understand, but it's almost always done in a very unimpressive manner where, Mm. whereas I think if you read a decent superhero comic and you get to that spectacle at the, action-packed climax of a good story it's rarely lame like how a lot of these mcu flicks are
0: yeah yeah and i'd even go as far as to add that i don't know what their i couldn't say for sure what their decision-making process was about this show but there's an added level of corniness in this sixth episode because of that, you know, the, the hijinks, uh, Home Alone-esque hijinks that they were pulling off. Because I know that, you know, she's a teenage character and maybe if I had to guess, Marvel saw this as an opportunity to make a show in the vein of one of their straight-to-TV <laughs> movies or straight uh, straight-to-TV shows that are aimed towards preteens and uh young adults or whatever but you know like i i in all of the previous streaming shows that we've seen up to this point they didn't really have that level of hijinks and to see that play out in this one particular show like it was a stylistic choice that really made me stop and ponder because And again, back to what I was saying earlier, it was something where seeing it, it felt like it was out of tone. And it also felt like it was just really silly and corny, right?
1: Yeah, a bit too silly.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, it just made me realize that when I took a step back if I had to guess, it made me just realize that this might be their attempt at creating a hero for that generation for like, you know, kids or people that have never read comics. So I I, I can't say that this is a good show, but if there was someone who, who took this as their first, uh, Foray into Marvel shows, I I could kind of understand their decision making process in that respect, but but I I'll also say that there are, I've seen a lot of I've seen and read a lot of uh, superhero fiction where it acts as a springboard into their universe without having to do all that too, so i i acknowledge that as well um but yeah that was some painful stuff
1: (laughs) yeah that was a really bad ending
0: yeah yeah and i also wanted to mention uh like a theory that i had like watching watching now having watched all the streaming shows that have come out and uh a good portion of the mcu movies uh up to now in phase four uh i mentioned this in a previous episode where i was talking about how i really didn't know what marvel was doing but it did feel like marvel was expanding their pantheon by a lot beyond just marvel characters because uh, you know, in Moon Knight we saw the Egyptian gods, and then here we see uh you know Pakistani characters and uh themed characters, and then you know, we see the you know Asian themed characters in Shang-Chi and um you know there's the introduction introduction of like the Greek gods in, in Thor, Love and Thunder. So they're really like expanding out their like list of characters in their pantheon, whatever they may be, and I, it but was an option.
1: Ob- d- um, are you specifically referring to god characters, god Yeah, that's what characters? I meant. Was okay. god
0: characters right? Yeah. Like from from mythology, and it just this was something that I had noticed early on, but I really couldn't figure out what they were, what Marvel's intentions were, and. I think I've come to a conclusion after watching Miss Marvel, which is I really do think that phase four for Marvel is to widen their like global footprint beyond just what we traditionally think of as uh as whatever's Disney's brand is. We were talking about this a little early on before the the episode, but I mentioned how for the longest time it felt like Hollywood was the center of culture in the world uh, where the only numbers that mattered in terms of money-making when it came to movies was Hollywood box office numbers. But in recent years, we've seen uh, entertainment expand beyond that. We like with the, advent of korean pop and korean shows uh and and if you look at the numbers in like bollywood for example we've seen that each region has found a way to make their entertainment industries work for them and there's just a lot of money to be made there so my theory is that instead of marvel is that Marvel really wants to expand into these territories by creating these characters that can cater to these regions, you know? So they're really just opening it up because hey, we've got characters like the Red Dagger, we've got Kamala Khan. We can we can use this as a foothold into these regions, you know?
1: So, so, it sounds like the next thing they got to do is hire someone from BTS to play Amadeus Cho.
0: <laughs> you know what? If they did that, it wouldn't surprise me. I bet you that they would want to do that if they could.
1: I bet that would be pretty successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, uh, I have... So, I mean financially. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I have some celebrities from other countries on my uh on my personal Instagram feed, and I like came to realize like I, I I never considered this, but like Disney Plus is obviously in other countries, and they have like shows that are just specific to those regions that we don't get over here. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So it just Yeah, I I like I guess in retrospect it just makes sense that the goal of phase four is to, like, take these properties and really give themselves access to these markets because, you know, not every hero is Captain America. And and the idea of, you know, Captain America being uh, something that appeals to someone in India or in China or in wherever like it's not guaranteed but if you can make a miss marvel that can go to pakistan and that or or that region and cash in on that hey why not right 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 yeah so so we definitely see have been seeing a lot of stuff like that like red dagger was in in uh in miss marvel and then in moon knight there was that other character that other girl uh I don't even remember her name but she was another obscure marvel character yeah. that they just brought into it so they're they're really digging deep for these characters to <laughs> to to fill out uh these these uh the representation in these regions you know
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i can see that i hadn't considered that until you mentioned it but yeah. It makes sense. It's a very calculated kind of move that you would expect a corporation to pull off.
0: Exactly. Um there was the that one other character that was working with Kamala. Um he he died, but I don't know. Was he was an Arabian knight, was he?
1: In the show? Yeah. Who he, who died? Don't you remember the Red oh, Dagger? The, the guy who trained the Red Dagger? Yeah. Uh I don't think I don't know if he was based on a specific character.
0: Okay, he could have just been,
1: because yeah. I, I think the way that the show played it off was that the Red Daggers were this organization or uh, this group uh of of uh, I guess heroes or they something. They were a secret
0: society or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the Red Dagger that Kamala interacts with, the young guy, yeah, that's. I guess that's the character that's supposed to be based on the comic book character, but then yeah. the older guy who died in the battle, I think he was just meant to be the leader of the Red Dagger organization. Okay. Like, yeah.
0: I want to talk about that a little bit, too. I know I've gone on a bit of a rant here, but...
1: No, like, no I don't, go for a rant.
0: I don't have a problem with like the Red Dagger as a concept. I didn't... I wasn't really into his introduction in the show. I didn't really know what he brought to the show. Um, But that's the funny thing. Like, There's this one scene in the show where him and Kamala, they go out and they're just hanging out with their friends on the beach. And that was something that was more meaningful to me than all this stuff about him being part of this secret society uh, that are trained to fight the clandestine or whatever like see that stuff didn't even imprint on me i don't even really remember any of that
1: stuff yeah yeah i know what you're you saying know? yeah that, that scene when they go out at night and they have a a fire pit and they're just eating food sitting and around yeah sitting, yeah and, and singing and some guy starts playing some music and singing a folk song yeah like give me more of that i was yeah. more interested in that yeah give like me that.
0: The,
1: give me ms marvel everwood
0: yeah Exactly. That scene like maybe they weren't really doing anything or quote unquote progressing the story, but it it was a nice pleasant moment, you know, and uh, we've talked about this in the past where uh, there are people who don't like slice of life because they don't feel like anything happens, but that one scene was so much more meaningful to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know. As, I'm as with a you, snippet, man. as a snippet Believe it was me. so much more meaningful to me. Than the idea that there are a bunch of djinn that are trying to invade our universe. (laughs) (laughs) Or there's a covert secret agency that's tracking down uh, metahuman activity. And it turns out these metahumans are mutants. Oh, yeah, and speaking of another Marvel tie-in, that was, I'm, I'm guessing that was the big one. That was the one that everyone was frothing at the mouth about. Was, yeah,
1: but before we get to that, I want to go back to what you were saying about the clandestines. Or yeah, clandestines. Sure, sure. Were you ever a fan of them in the comics?
0: Uh, I'm a fan of Alan Davis, but I can't say that uh, the clandestines as a concept was anything that I, I ever, like, clamored for or... Uh, sought after
1: oh okay so you never really uh read too many of their comics i i didn't i
0: read i think i read some some comics that you passed over to me where it was like a a multi-comic crossover yeah where where like there were four different books but I think Alan Davis wrote them all, or Drew Drew and wrote them all. So yeah, I think it they, was.
1: I want to say it was Daredevil, Fantastic Four, and Wolverine. So super random. Mm, mm.
0: Yeah, that's pretty random. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you read them all together, they kind of make a cohesive vision and story. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think that might have been the last time that they've appeared in the comic. I can't recall seeing them ever since, and that might have been ten years ago. You
0: know what I will say about the clandestine that I do appreciate? I think, I think in a world where we have like mutants and inhumans, I, I did like the idea that the clandestine were another species that were focused, whose main thing was centered around magic, you know? So I, I thought they were an interesting counterbalance to the idea of mutants Whose powers were completely derived from science.
1: Yeah, in the comics, they were created in the '90s by Alan Davis, who was a great artist. He's he was known for probably his X Men comics and Excalibur, but in the '90s he was maybe at the peak of his popularity, and uh, he created these characters for Marvel. They were immortals, I guess, is how you how I would describe them. Immortals who were who were powered with who had various powers, kind of like mutants, but they weren't technically mutants. Yeah. And they were a family. So it was like a whole clan of them and they tried to keep their lives a secret. But then some of the younger ones in their family were the ones who wanted to uh go out there and you know, they were inspired by the other superheroes in the Marvel universe. So they wanted to kind of do something similar. Whereas the older people in the family wanted to keep their secrecy intact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess that was the play on words of the title. Yeah. So it was, I wasn't really expecting to see a take on that in Ms. Marvel. Yeah. But thinking about it a little bit more, it really doesn't feel like they needed to call those characters in the show clandestines. Yeah. They could have just called them Jin. Yeah. It it felt like a, a waste of a name, you know? Like, there wasn't yeah. anything in there that... I guess the only thing that they might have had in common with the comic book versions of themselves was the immortality, maybe. But it was also hinted that the ones in the show came from an alternate reality. So, I don't really know. Yeah, And I honestly don't really care either <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm being agreed. honest
0: agreed agreed yeah yeah like i think i think when they revealed themselves to be clandestine uh i think the expectation on marvel's part or disney's part was that uh, it would generate some interest in them or that fans would be like excited at the deep cut or whatever but
1: my they just did a, kinda, they did a my, piss poor job if that was what they were trying to do because I don't even think that those yeah. old clandestine comics have been in print and they didn't I don't think they've done a new printing.
0: Yeah. My eyes just kind of glossed over. Like I think for a second I was like, oh, they're clandestine and then once that second passed I was just like, Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really means nothing. <laughs> yeah. I bet yeah. I bet you they didn't even pay Alan Davis any money for that too. Probably not. It yeah, it
0: it's very l- unlikely that they did.
1: Yeah, yeah. Selfish, greedy bastards. <laughs> uh, yeah. And yeah. Like, why why would they use his his? Why would they take the name of his characters and and not even do anything? I'm sure similar? to them
0: it was a shot in the dark, where they were like, okay, we have this thing, let's use it. If If they end up becoming, like, a hot item, we can do spinoffs somewhere down the line, and we can cash in on it. If not, we'll we'll have at least solidified their use for something, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get back to the rant you were about to embark on, which was the aspect of Kamala's mutation. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I don't even know if I had really much to say about it other than that... The big revelation, and and it felt like this was a show where they were constantly, again, just dropping Easter eggs for us. And, and this is something that they've been doing in all of these Marvel streaming shows, just dropping little hints for fans, uh, you know, so that they could, you know, get erections over whatever. <laughs> but but the, the really big one that came out of this was at the very end uh, Kamala and Bruno are talking and he goes and he says that, I don't think this power is from the bangle or the band, but it's almost as if it's coming from you. It's almost as if it's some sort of mutation and they even play a, a riff on the X-Men nineties theme, you know, the, the same that we saw from uh, uh, Dr. Doctor Doctor Strange. Strange in the multiverse of madness. So so they're really they're really playing up this mutant thing. They're really teasing this hard uh and I don't know, like was that trending on on Twitter when 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 that happened? Like was yeah. mutants trending? See, that's the thing. I, I don't was,
1: have I think it was X-Men that started trending. Okay, see, I don't
0: have Twitter, so I don't pay attention to these things, but the idea that uh <sighs> Something that's such a small throwaway line would just get people to, you know, cream their jeans like that. That's uh, that's embarrassing to me. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be associated with those kind of fans. That's not the type of thing that excites me. And uh, I think I might have even just rolled my eyes when I saw it. Yeah. Granted, someone, uh, someone, a, a mutual friend of ours already put it out there, but. Even with that out there, like, even if that had surprised me, I don't think I would have... Yeah, I don't think that would have done anything for me either. You wouldn't um, have
1: appreciated it either way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's another change to her origin story, because in the comics, she's an inhuman. She was exposed to Terragen Mist, and that's what activated her powers. So... And, and and this is another weird thing about it. So so there were a bunch of implications that the power was either from the bangle or this mutation of hers. So I'm not sure what her powers are or where they or which which thing contributes to which power. That's the thing that confuses me right now. You know. So yeah. is the energy projection from her? Then what does the bangle
1: do? right don't like, know don't care yeah yeah <laughs> see they can take this <laughs> anytime i watch an mcu movie and i have a question that's the first thing i gotta ask myself <laughs> wait do i really care about this
0: <laughs> fair 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 yeah yeah were there any other things uh that you didn't like
1: Whew. I feel like we've spent a good chunk of our time talking about it being fairly negative. Yeah. I did but, think that there were some, some of the acting wasn't too impressive either. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say that the main actress, uh, the one who, what's her name, uh, Iman Villani, I thought she did a good job. Yeah. She was good. Like, I enjoy her. As Kamala, but definitely some of the other side characters and you know inconsequential really, but it was hard for me to not be distracted. And you know how sometimes we've we've said how I have this thing where where I'm overly harsh against child actors. Yeah, I I definitely think that there was some bad child acting in this show.
0: Yeah. yeah. I I thought the bully that ultimately becomes
1: her friend, she was bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess if we're going to be specific, then <laughs> I will agree with that. Yeah. I didn't think that... It's nothing, nothing personal against whoever that kid was who played her, but yeah, yeah. that wasn't really good it acting, good. in my opinion.
0: It's not something to put on a sizzle reel. Yeah. <laughs> um... I thought her friend was fine. I thought you know there was potential for Bruno like, or no Akia? the Akia, yeah. yeah. Like I thought if they had given her a little more to do, she could have. She could have been. Uh, she she had potential to be stronger. Uh,
1: you know, a, a stronger presence in the show. Yeah, um, I hate to say this, but the little girl that played the young version of her grandmother when they went yeah. back in time. I thought that little girl it just, it just looked like they found a girl who was about the right age and just like threw her in there, you know, like she didn't yeah. really,
0: she didn't act.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just looked uncomfortable um, doing whatever the adults were doing to her. Um, <clears throat> This is a bit off topic, but if you want
0: to see a movie where the child actors are, like pretty good and they're and i'm not even talking like about them being preteens or or they're like legitimately kids you know Mm -hmm. uh there was this movie that came out a few years ago called the florida project and it's a movie about um it's a movie about disney world but not quite disney world it's about the uh impoverished communities that surround disney world rather so the idea is...
1: Is it a documentary or fiction? No, it's a
0: it's a movie. Oh, uh, it's a okay. work of fiction. So uh, and the idea is, you know, Disney World is, you know, this massive entity. and But if you just go, like, an hour in any direction around it, you'll find that there are all these hotels where people, where poor people just live out of these hotels, you know? Mm. And the kid actors in that... It just kind of follows them in their lives as they, uh, you know, just live their lives out of these hotels. But the little girl in that, I forget her name, but she's she's a pretty good actor. Like, there's this scene towards the end where um, I think they showed a featurette where they showed her acting. Like, they showed her preparing for the final scene in the movie. And like just watching her process it's kind of impressive that she was able to make herself cry on command and Mm. have it be convincing i was i was pretty impressed by this kid
1: (laughs) how old was that kid
0: she was like young she probably had to be around
1: like seven wow okay yeah Yeah. being able to to do that 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 sounds pretty impressive
0: it really was i was i was pretty surprised because The what she did on the screen was already impressive like it was believable but then when i watched that miniature featurette where they they showed them recording the scene before where they showed them as they were recording that final scene like watching her get prepared to like do that like just to be able to turn it on like that i was like whoa that kid's that kid's
1: impressive how she do that man did the directors be like hey your parents just died uh actually it's not too (laughs) what she did like i I forget
0: exactly what she did but she was standing there and she goes okay sad sad think of something sad think of something sad but like that's literally what she was doing and then like she just started like bawling right on the spot and it was like wow wow yeah
1: yeah
0: but anyways
1: did you you end up watching obi-wan kenobi show
0: I didn't. I haven't watched that yet.
1: Okay, cuz there is a child actress in that one. I think she's probably around 10 years old. And yeah. she plays a major character, but I thought she did a really good job. Nice. Yeah. So the, Yeah. That I just had to put that out there because I needed to show that I don't hate all kids.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I'm looking at the the cast right now. Her name was Brooklyn Prince. And I don't know how old she, but, uh it's a really good movie if you want to watch, like, talented child actors really give it their all. The
1: Florida Project? Yeah. Okay, I'll put that in the queue.
0: But, uh, anyways,
1: the the other character, or the other,
0: there was one change that I did make note of, which was, from what I remember of the comic, um, the dad was a far more stern figure. Yeah. But, in this show, the, the, the crux of the family conflict really revolved more around the mother daughter story. And, you know, the dad is, I think for the most part, comedy relief, but he, he does have moments where he's just kind of your, you know, supportive father kind of figure. But I, I don't think that that was a change that I thought was a bad change. I I, I did think that the potential for a story that was about a mother daughter drama, that was something that was also that I, I saw had a lot of potential too.
1: Part of me also wonders if they made that change because they didn't want to feed into any negative stereotypes about mm-hmm. Muslim fathers being really strict or something. Hmm. That's a uh, interesting thought it, that hadn't occurred to me. Because in in the comic, and I think we talked about this a little bit in yeah. that uh, pre Topsy episode, but like that was one of the things that I I thought when I was reading the original G Willow Wilson stuff was that I felt kind of like uncomfortable at times because the way that they portrayed Kamala's parents in that comic just made it seem like people who were very religious or very Muslim in this case were like overly harsh or uh, like demeaning to their daughter. And that that was one of those things where I think I understood what they were trying to communicate, which was the idea of, you know, any teenager can relate to having parents that want to control them to some extent but I, I think to me it was always a little bit of a tired trope to make her religious to to make a character's religious family act as a real hindrance to the character's self discovery and growth as a person like that was something that i i think was too heavy handed in the comic making her mm. parents especially her father like that because i don't know if that really i, I i'll stop short of of saying that was A really bad stereotype but it definitely i will say it definitely made me question what i was reading and it made me kind of pause to step outside myself and think is this really a positive example of representation here yeah you know like it i had i had to think about that i think i I didn't necessarily have an answer to it but i think now that you brought up how the father in the show is way more He's way friendlier. He's cuddly. You know, like he's you said he was yeah. comic relief. He he was good for a couple of jokes and he's, he's obviously the kind of dopey dad. He's the dopey dad and he's very supportive of his daughter. Like yeah of all things, at the end of the show, you know, he's like really warm towards her operating as Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Which is something that is absolutely not in the comics. It's well not. at least not to begin with. Yeah. Um I mean, like it took him a this... long time to to get there in the comics but in the show it was like really easy for him to be accustomed to the idea of his daughter just putting herself in front of bullets and stuff
0: yeah yeah like i was gonna say even in the solid and ahmed run like he he's pretty harsh towards her in that run you know like he's actively like against the idea cuz in that run it starts off with him finding out that she's a superhero. Yeah. Well, so, so it's it goes beyond the realm of I just want my daughter to like not get in trouble and not act up to I don't want myself my my daughter to endanger herself by doing these dangerous things as a superhero. Yeah. 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 And
1: but, and that that made a little bit more sense to me in the Ahmed run. I I think it was really just the G. Willow Wilson stuff that that kind of made me question. Because, I mean, maybe... It, it's hard for me to, like, feel certain about saying that it's a bad stereotype that she presented in that story. But because I'm not... I didn't grow up with a Muslim father. And even if I did, I'm not a teenage girl or anything. But it, it definitely... <laughs> made me question it you know like I, it yeah i really did wonder if this was uh you know like even a fair or or accurate way of writing those characters in the comics yeah yeah but the the show doesn't really um give us that kind of problem because the father is you know he's he's the soft one compared to the mother. And I think they do spend enough time with Kamala's mother to help us understand. So the show, yeah, the one thing the show does do better than the comic is that I I think the, it doesn't give me those concerns about uh, the negative stereotyping or the potential for negative stereotypes. I think it actually feels like the family is more of a real family And the interactions that they have are... They're not predicated on the stereotypes that people might have in mind. They're just presented as an actual family. So, yeah, the way that the show presented the family dynamic was pretty good. Yeah. I think.
0: (laughs) It was better than the comic.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't... Yeah. Yeah, and... Again, it's one of those things where... I'd be pretty interested in hearing what somebody who grew up in that kind of household had to say about the portrayal of the family here. Cause maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe from somebody else's perspective, it, it was pretty poorly done, but, uh, you know, just me having the experiences that I have, it's hard for me to find a ton of fault and I would, yeah, I would need somebody to like break that down for me. If, if this was a, a failure in any regard uh, with the family pr- presentation,
0: yeah, it's at the very least it's thought provoking stuff, like yeah, that's all I really have to say about that,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: um, there were some good things or some things that I did like about the show, uh other than like like you said we we have spent a lot of time and energy emphasizing uh the things that were that we didn't like, but i I do think that the the visual style the directorial stuff on the show like i do think it looked good uh it was pleasant to 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 observe to take in you know
1: it's i think some of the stylistic flourishes with the animation integrated into some of the backgrounds for some of those scenes yeah i thought that was pretty appealing I yeah, think there was yeah. a scene I want to say in the first or second episode when when she when Kamala and Bruno ride their bikes through the city and then on the back in the background some of those walls of the buildings that they go past there's like these you know graffiti style drawings or art that's appearing on the wall to like add this tone and mood to the scene mm-hmm. I thought stuff like that was pretty cool I think they did that a couple of times Yeah, it's kind of similar to what they did in the end credit sequences, which I also thought were fantastic.
0: Yeah. I mean, speaking of which, um, you know, this being an opportunity to, I guess, introduce us to a culture that we're not too familiar with. um, I did think some of their choice of music was pretty good. You know, uh, yeah, the
1: ending theme to the fifth episode was really good. I ended up looking yeah. that up on YouTube and playing it on repeat for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here, actually. Like, I, I tried to, um, like, I guess, find their body of work uh, to to see what other stuff. I it it feels like it was just a a one off sort of situation. Like, I, I think there were two artists there, and they just don't normally work together. Uh, but i'm looking up the song name i believe uh to is the name of the song I, I don't know if i'm pronouncing it right i'm probably butchering it but it's it's a really like pleasant song to listen to um, yeah yeah but i thought that was really cool um so yeah there are things about this show that i do like uh i guess going back just, to what
1: you were saying about the direction i i do think that a lot of the failings that we typically see in MCU stuff was on display here because for the most part, the direction was solid. It's just that when we get to action scenes and stuff that involves spectacle and a lot of special effects, it all kind of falls apart. It gets boring. It gets pretty you know? boring. And yeah. I, I thought the special effects were particularly egregious in this show compared to other Marvel shows and movies that we've seen. mm there's a lot of there's been a lot of stuff recently in the news and on Twitter going around about how Disney has been contracting these special effects companies to to do all the VFX work and they're really demanding people to do stuff that is not necessarily feasible in the amount of time that's available and they're having workers you know it's it's that whole idea of crunch that's been a problem in a variety of tech industries as well you know like in video games and stuff and just tech in general when you're trying to rush out a product to meet a deadline it's hard to do great work when you're trying to create art because time is such a big factor in that and with mm. the stuff with Disney and Marvel and their shows on Disney plus they've been Cranking, getting these VFX houses to crank out more and more uh, scenes than ever and the deadlines are a lot tighter so it's really hard on the workers they they can't always put in the amount of time that they need in order to do good work Mm. and then on the other hand for Disney's part they're being overly demanding asking for changes and and things late in the pipeline so It's very difficult for people to do good work. People have been suffering burnout. And these uh, special effects companies, you know, they're kind of at the mercies of Marvel and Disney because they want work. I mean, they need work in order to stay in business. But if they don't capitulate to these unreasonable whims, then they're going to lose those contracts and then they're not going to have a job anymore. So yeah, it just yeah. sucks for for those people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man i I feel what you're saying. Like when they uh, do the stuff at the end, where you know she begins to exhibit these like light effect powers, it's it's pretty unimpressive. I mean, like i I don't know. It's one of those. And on top things... of that,
1: it does feel like directors a lot of the mcu directors they don't really have a whole ton of say in what happens in those action scenes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think that's why sometimes when we watch these movies or shows during the spectacle it kind of feels like you're watching something totally different because the visual language is some it's shifted you know like it's not consistent with the rest of the thing that you're watching
0: yeah yeah it it does feel like it's shoehorned in there because again they have a formula for how these things play out and if you watch enough of these you do you do notice them you know mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard not to go to to look at it and 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 notice that okay so you have a lot of you have bits and pieces of action sequences throughout the series here and there but you know, for the most part, you you've got your slow buildup, and then at the very end of the show, uh, you know, for for your closing act, you want to have this big uh spectacle scene because that's the note you want to leave on, and and just every show has this, you yeah, know. Yeah, everybody's got
1: to fight off an army of people.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's I don't know. Us be again. Us being on this side of it and having consumed enough Marvel and DC and just comic book stuff in general, it's it's not the thing that's going to win us over. And, and it might even be we might even be at the point where it's probably the thing that hurts our enjoyment of whatever yeah, it is we're definitely, consuming.
1: Definitely, definitely yeah. hurts it. Yeah, man. Was, Was there, there any any other things that you did like or appreciate about the show?
0: Uh yeah, no I I think we pretty much summed it up uh, in short. Like some of the character interactions were good, the some of the acting, uh the visuals, I like that and some of the music choices. Uh those were probably the things that did jump out at me. It was probably a more consistent No, it was definitely a more consistent experience than something like Moon Knight. Uh
1: Hmm.
0: yeah that's that's all i really have you got anything
1: i was gonna say that one of the things i did enjoy was the celebration of representation in the movie or in the series i thought that was actually pretty well done mm. like there are a couple aspects to it i think firstly i, I did appreciate seeing A community that was that we don't often see in a lot of uh tv TV. shows or or movies yeah in general so to see it in an mcu setting even though it kind of neuters everything i still thought that had some value and it was you know even just like for example like the different scenes that that took place in the mosque like that was interesting to me because i i can't say i've ever been in a mosque don't really know much about what it's like, but some of those scenes, I did think, uh, yeah, they just grabbed my attention. Like even early on in the, in the story, there was something about the friend uh, Nakia and her running for some kind of leadership position. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's uh, like, accurate. I think, yeah, I don't know if that's accurate in, in like a real mosque, but, it's it's still interesting to see that play out in the show. Yeah. And you know, to see like just the fear that the people had in those other scenes later in the series when the Department of Damage Control tries to intimidate them. Mm-hmm. And uh it, it definitely I'm pretty sure that's intentionally there to remind us of Reality, you know, yeah, yeah. especially uh, growing up in a post-9/11 world, you know, there's yeah. there's something about that that I felt they were trying to give us a message of what it, you know, just an approximation of of what it's something that they're accustomed to. Yeah, yeah, there's, exactly.
0: There's this one scene when Damage Control shows up and she she doesn't even have to say anything, but everybody in the mosque pulls out their ID card. Yeah. And, the yeah. the the elder or the leader of the group basically says oh we've done this before this isn't the first time this has happened
1: yeah you know yeah exactly like, that that's exactly what i'm thinking about it's a little
0: moment but it says something about it, it's very grounded in reality like like you i've never been in a mosque i i don't intend to go to one as like you know some sort of weird learning experience to treat it like a zoo or something like that's <laughs> That'd be weird. Like, I I think if I had, yeah, I think even if someone invited me to go, I would feel too self conscious to 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 go because it just feel too much. Like, I'd be gawking at these people, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, I I doubt that I would ever take anyone up on that offer unless there was a real. You know there was a purpose to it, other than I just want. Crikey, I just want to see them in their natural habitat. <laughs> <laughs> Look at their sharp, sharp teeth. Cranky. <laughs> R. I. P. Steve Irwin. But uh, anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The
1: other the other element of that I was gonna call out was the the one scene in. I can't remember which episode it was, but the wedding, her brother's wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene, I thought that was cool just to see that because that's, you know, another cultural thing that isn't often portrayed uh, in these kind of shows. So so for me, that was fascinating. Yeah. And and, uh, I saw that uh, Sana Amanat, one of the co-creators of Ms. Marvel, was in that scene. She had a cameo. Did you catch that?
0: Uh, if I had to be perfectly honest, I don't even know what she looks like, so oh, okay. I probably didn't catch that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: she was one of the guests in the wedding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. G Willow Wilson had a cameo too.
0: Yeah. Um, you mentioned it to me because you had watched the the final episode the day before, so on some level. I think I was just... I think I was prepared for it. So when I was watching the last two episodes, uh, I was already... My mind was already mentally prepared and on alert to...
1: You were looking for G. Willow Wilson? Yeah, yeah.
0: So when she did pop up, I, I don't think... No, I definitely wasn't in a position to be like, oh, that's her. But I did notice uh someone that I thought might've been her. And then I, I was, I asked you and you just confirmed my suspicions. So I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I but do, do think
0: kind of know what G Willow Wilson looks like. I don't, uh I don't yeah. see her,
1: team, but yeah. Yeah. You were saying? I, I think that scene at the end where she appears, where they do that montage of all the people on social media yeah. being excited for Kamala. I thought that was a fun scene too. Like I, I enjoyed that. I appreciated that. I think, I think it was a great time of just reveling in in the character, you know, like, yeah, not just not just within the story, but I I thought it was like fun just to appreciate the celebration of seeing, you know, someone different than your typical white superhero. It's interesting that you phrase it
0: that way. Like, I, I hadn't really thought about it until you mentioned it, but you're right. That final scene is kind of this idea that celebrates the idea of, in, in a meta way, it's it celebrates the idea of Miss Marvel because the characters in their world are celebrating her, but it's meant to be evocative of celebration for those of us who are viewing it on, on this side of the lens, right? yeah so it's like oh yeah i i I appreciate that like whenever anyone has uh you know something positive uh to 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 put on these characters like moments like that are are always that's that's what comics are about that's what we love comics for right yeah, so I you get can it. See
1: the world outside your window, as Marvel always likes to say. Yeah, 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 man. Did you have any thoughts on the post-credit scene with Carol Danvers, or was that just another nothing burger to you?
0: Uh, it felt like it was a scene that was uh, lifted from the G Willow Wilson Miss Marvel uh, comic, because. In in the comic, when her powers first manifest, the first thing that she does is she becomes Miss Marvel. Uh she her shape-shifting powers transform her into Miss Marvel. So that first one of those first issues is about her dealing with the fact that she is trapped in the form of Carol Danvers. Um so there's that. But like I mentioned earlier, I'm not really sure what her... You know, they've established that her power is this hard light energy projection stuff, but they made it sound like that power comes from her quote-unquote mutation. So I don't know what this power is. And again, I don't know which powers are from her and which powers are
1: from the Bengal. It's maybe, not something the bangle, I, maybe the Bengal is the Negaband... <laughs> that's what i was saying though oh okay
0: so if it's the negaband then it doesn't give her any of the energy projection powers or the or i'm just saying maybe maybe
1: if it's like the negaband it made her switch places with captain marvel see that's the thing when you said that earlier that's not a thought that had occurred to me it's weird because it's only one bangle yeah. If if it had been two bangles and she banged them together, then okay, I would see the connection there. Then it's obvious. Yeah.
0: But that's the thing. When I saw that scene, my interpretation of it was that her shape-shifting powers had manifested. Oh. that. So I didn't read that as Captain Marvel in the sense that she was switching places like Rick Jones. In my mind, it was like, oh, this is one of her new powers kicking in. So huh. she does have the... In that sense, she does have some form of her powers in the comics.
1: That'd be interesting. Because I feel like most people took the point of view or the interpretation that they switched places. And I I thought yeah. that was the implication because when we see Carol Danvers appear, she's looking around the room confused as as though she doesn't know where she is. Whereas mm. I think if, if it had been Kamala shapeshifting for the first time she would have been looking at herself and checking a mirror like how do I look like this now like what happened
0: yeah well the thing was the way that I read it was she was looking around the room at the at the pictures of Miss Marvel and she was like of oh my god Marvel? what have I or, or, or of Captain Marvel and she was like what you know what happened to me and she was kind of stunned that she she was aware of the fact that she looked like Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel, but maybe hmm. I got to rewatch that scene. I I I really didn't interpret it as her switching places as with Captain Marvel.
1: I see. Interesting.
0: Cuz like I said in that first arc of G Willow Wilson's uh Captain Marvel, yeah, or Miss Marvel,
1: she shapeshifts. She
0: yeah, the first thing that she does is she shapeshifts into Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers.
1: Captain so, Marvel, yeah.
0: Well, but she was in the Warbird outfit or Miss Marvel outfit, I think. Wasn't she? I can't
1: well, remember off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, yeah, because from what I re- remember, she didn't shapeshift into Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. She shapeshifted in, shape into ms marvel or warbird or you know whichever name you want to call her by binary binary (laughs) Uh.
1: (laughs) she's had so many superhero names yeah 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 anything else oh i don't think i have too many other thoughts unless you want to make any uh predictions about where Kamala's story is going to go from here uh,
0: I mean I guess if I had to say
1: I think we know had, that her next appearance will be in the Marvels which is the Captain Marvel sequel
0: mm-hmm. I was going to say it wouldn't surprise me if she's going to play a pretty big role in Marvel moving forward Uh, it does feel like at Marvel, she's a pretty substantial character. They they put her in a bunch of books outside of her own book, you know. Mm-hmm. She's been in a bunch of teams. She's, uh, you know, been at the center of... Well, maybe not at the center of events, but she's been involved in events already. So she's not an in, insubstantial character. And I do feel like, again if we're just talking purely about the crass calculations of, uh, of business people, um, they probably see her as a chance to, they would put her out front and center as, as, you know, part of whatever initiative that they're doing because they see it as a chance to cash in or whatever. But, um, yeah, like it, it wouldn't surprise me if, I guess the one thought that I had was if, if, If this next phase of Marvel movies, if what we're seeing is them laying the foundation for um, a bunch of different Avengers team, including a young Avengers team, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, she ends up being on a young Avengers or something.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They've certainly been building up enough characters to create a team of young Avengers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a chance we could see a Young Avengers and a Dark Avengers and <laughs> then there'll be a regular Avengers. So
1: Well, did you pay attention to the announcements from Comic-Con?
0: Uh, not really. <laughs> Why, what'd you see?
1: Uh, they just laid out their Marvel laid out their plan for the MCU for the next couple years. So they announced the stuff in Phase 4, Phase 5 and Phase 6.
0: And what they say, or what'd you see?
1: Well, so far, there's nothing about the Young Avengers, but there is a Thunderbolts movie. Okay. Slated okay. for 2024. Okay. So, like, I'll just I'll run through it real quick. So the next thing that we're going to get is the She-Hulk TV series. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be believe it or not there's gonna be a werewolf by night halloween special uh
0: lame well at least it's not a movie so i'm sure it's something i can ignore yeah (laughs) at the very least it'll be something i can ignore
1: yeah yeah and then there's uh we already saw the trailer for wakanda forever that's slated for the end of this year yeah and or near the, i guess in a few months november or something uh, and then there's also gonna be the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special on Disney Plus. And that'll be the end of phase four. And then A holiday special? I guess so. I mean it's the last thing that's supposed to come out this year. Okay. okay. And then the stuff that they announced for phase five, in terms of movies, they have the Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, there's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. The Marvels and then Blade, and those are all slated for 2023. Then in 2024, there's Captain America, New World Order, and Thunderbolts. So those are the two for 2024. And in terms of the television series in phase five, there's another season of What If, Secret Invasion, Echo, Loki Season 2, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos. And then Daredevil, Born Again. All, All right. right. That do anything for you? Does any of that tickle your tongue? Uh,
0: I can't say that any of that does anything for me. Um, I think there's just so much stuff right now that I don't even try to keep up with it anymore. So whatever I see, uh, whatever I see that just happens to be directly in front of me, that's when I, uh, that's when I'll react. I don't think I, I think I'm over that period of where where I fanboy out like. Until I see a trailer in front of me and can make a judgment based on that that's probably that's probably when I'm willing to react i'm not I'm not gonna scour the internet looking for you know trying to zapruder film from all the various teasers or trailers you know yeah
1: yeah so the other, the other final stuff that they mentioned in for phase six they they've only announced three things so far but Mm-hmm. In 2024, they're doing the Fantastic 4 movie, and then in 2025 okay. Okay. they're they're ending the phase with another two-part Avengers series they're doing, a movie called Avengers: The Kang Dynasty and then Avengers: Secret Wars. Okay. Huh. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh Okay we we've had some discussions uh, about the uh, secret wars outside of the podcast so um again i'm not i don't think i'm in in the state of mind where i want to speculate on a bunch of stuff but you know if we end up seeing a, a version of secret wars where it's just going to be a superhero knock-em-out brawl between everybody
1: eh, sure like the 1980 secret wars <laughs>
0: Like, I, I I feel like that's that's one of the things that you mentioned to me was uh, what if instead of doing Hickman's Secret War, we're going to see the 1980s version of the Secret Wars, which wasn't a great Secret Wars comic. But if they just want a story where they're going to have everybody choose sides, you know, essentially a, a Civil War, Superhero Civil War Part 2, where, you know, everyone's just beating the crap out of each other, then I, I guess that's what they're setting themselves up for.
1: Yeah, I I think I was less serious about that. It feels like the logical thing to do would be an adaptation of the Hickman story.
0: I hope so. That's That's my hope, but you never know. <laughs> you true never
1: that, true know. that. It just feels like with all the multiversal stuff that they've been building up, that's probably... That's the logical can, yeah. extension,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so.
1: What about the title, The Kang Dynasty? Does that do anything for you? I do not know. You ever read the Kurt Busiek Kang Dynasty story? Uh, I'd have to see how the rest of
0: that plays out, honestly. Because like, in the Marvel comics, the Kang Dynasty, that, that was a long time in the making, for uh, Kurt Busiek's uh, build up to to that finale what 14 issues or something
1: i think it might have even been more it was a pretty long story
0: yeah i don't know about the Kang dynasty man like it's i guess we'll it depends on how everything plays out up to that point uh like after loki we haven't really seen much of kang and from what i remember kurt busiek's kang dynasty was something that took quite a while for him to set up he he committed a substantial portion of his avengers run to building up to that finale so like logically speaking uh they named it kang dynasty so you would think that they would take stuff from that particular story arc but yeah i don't
1: know you know what i bet there's a chance that they not only take some stuff from the comic book story but they might take some stuff from avengers forever
0: that makes sense. I mean, Bussiak worked on that too, so... Yeah. You know, it's not like they're stealing it from... Or not stealing it. They're taking stuff from uh, diametrically opposite Kang stories or anything like that. Yeah. Like it'll be and, a singular vision or singular-ish.
1: Yeah, and Avengers Forever is another pretty high watermark Kang story along with Kang Dynasty, but... Mm-hmm. I th- I'm thinking that there's a chance that with the movie, The Kang Dynasty, one of the things, one of the elements they would take from Avengers Forever is the idea of grabbing uh, a bunch of characters, a bunch of alternate versions of characters and putting them together as the Avengers. I bet you that's how they would get like a bunch of hype and get all these different stars that you don't normally see to be together yeah. in the same movie. Here's an
0: idea. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this one should be for a different podcast, but uh so we know that we've seen Wak- Wakanda Forever and uh the trailer. The trailer and there's, you know, obviously a lot of questions about what they're going to do uh, you know, with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. But I don't know how to ask it without feeling like a ghoul, so I'll just ask it in the most direct way possible. But I wonder if uh, they're going to take that opportunity to reintroduce like an alternate version of Black Panther, you know?
1: Who knows, man, maybe we'll get Michael B. Jordan playing Killmonger as an alternate Black Panther in the Kang dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. And then we could also get uh, Michael B. Jordan playing the human torch (laughs) from that other fantastic four movie. Right, right. And then we could get Chris Evans as the other human torch from the older Fantastic Four movies.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We don't want that to happen. It's, and they could it's all wild. Up, they could team up with Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. It, it just really leaned into the absurdity of it all. Yeah. Get, bring back Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I have
0: a feeling. Well, okay, he didn't say that Logan was the last time he was gonna be Wolverine, but I think if they introduce him to the Marvel universe, I have a feeling he'd do it again, just to, just for the clout. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be too hard for him not to to do it again. Um, cause it's fun, kind of funny, cause in in all those other, like I think, whenever he played Wolverine, he was really doing some massive damage to his body, cause he was really committed to. <laughs> you know having that physique
1: <laughs> so you you think working out and getting buff for the role was doing damage to his body
0: I mean that's what you're doing when you're building muscles is you're you're like tearing muscle tissue in order to expand your muscle tissue.
1: thanks for making me feel better about never exercising, yeah, hey, I'll try, yeah,
0: but. Yeah, he, he was definitely putting mileage on his body. Like, that's, it's, especially at that age, that's not a that's not a pleasant way to, to, to treat yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, but nowadays, I think he can get away with just minimally working out, wearing more clothes during his scenes, maybe some special effects post-production can exactly, make him look cut.
0: Exactly, exactly, yeah. I mean, did you ever watch his workout videos when he was, like, training to be Wolverine?
1: No, was he uh really doing some wild stuff? He was doing some intense stuff. Like he was
0: really putting his body through it. Like it did not look comfortable in the slightest. I see. Yeah, I remember in interviews like he was talking about it and he he didn't when he said he was done with Wolverine, he was just like I'm just too old to be doing this to my body.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know he said that. Yeah. Yeah, so.
0: There we go. But, you know, he's still a pretty fit, older guy. Like, it's like you said, if he just wears kind of baggy clothes, it's not like he uh, gained a whole bunch of weight or anything like that. He should be able to pull it off. Yeah, I think
1: so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, any final thoughts? Uh... No,
0: I'm, I think I've said everything that I've uh, had to say about Ms. Marvel. I, I guess if anyone has anything that they want to contribute to the conversation, hit us up on Instagram, DM us at Between the Gutters, or uh, tweet at us at Between the Gutters. Um, hit us up on our Gmail, Between the Gutters Podcast at gmail dot com. You know, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you're listening to us, then you know, please rate us whatever the highest score possible is on your on whatever platform you're listening to us on we'd really appreciate that you know try to spread spread the good word about us uh also you know we're almost at 500 uh followers on Instagram so if you could share there too and just get us over over that that'd be great that'd be a huge milestone for us
1: yep All right. Next week, we are going to be talking about some She-Hulk comics. We'll do a pre-topsy for She-Hulk. Exactly what comics we will be reading is yet to be determined, but I can say that it will be a variety of comics from throughout her history between the both of us at least (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: a caveat if i've ever heard one (laughs) yeah
1: we are we are combining our shared knowledge for the next episode i don't think we're exactly going to be reading the same issues to dissect but hopefully we'll still have enough common ground to talk about tree hulk and i think we will because tree hulk ain't that complicated to be honest yeah yeah (laughs) all right thanks for listening everybody This is Between the Gutters. Signing off. Bye guys. Later.